2: What's good, my friends? This is the most interactive sports talk show anywhere. It's offsides, Mark Ryan and Diesel, and we are the fan upstate, rolling on until 7 o'clock p.m. today. Truly do appreciate you. Thank you for making us part of your afternoon. As is always the case on an afternoon at 5 o'clock p.m., it is time for us to do that jam. We call it the top five at five, the top five biggest sports stories of the day, the top five topics we're discussing. Ladies and gentlemen of the upstate, offsiders, the top five at five starts right now. And now, the top five at five. And five, four, three, two, one.
3: Hit it. They have a hard time knowing doo-doo from apple butter.
2: Five. At number five, let's start with Baltimore, the Ravens. Guys, how do you explain what happened yesterday? How do you make sense of that? Best team in the NFL all year long, 13-4. and four. It was an NFL season without a great team. You know, there have been 28 seasons in NFL history where the team with the best record had no losses or one loss. 28! All right, Baltimore had four. There were no great teams, yet a team that averaged 28 points a game produced 10. A quarterback who had a 103 rating in the regular season produced a rating of 76. And you might say it's completely and totally unfair. But guys, I think Baltimore is the Dallas of the AFC. If you see a Baltimore Raven walking around, please give him the Heimlich maneuver. When that person looks behind you and feels like they've been violated, said, oh, I thought you were choking. Sorry, I was just trying to help. It's fun as I get to use that maneuver on our friend
1: Brandon very soon. He is a diehard. Ravens fan. Brandon, whose house we went and yeah, saw the Super Bowl yeah, yeah. at he's a diehard Ravens fan. So you're telling me I need to sneak
2: up behind him and pretend giving him the Heimlich and say, Oh, I thought you were choking. I thought you were choking. Yes, yes. Just just like your team does. Guys, uh I, I'm left to draw no other conclusion at that point. Everything was set up for them. They were at home, they were favored, they were relatively healthy, and they did jack squat. All game long. There was a stretch in that contest yesterday where in 11 combined possessions, Kansas City and Baltimore, the only score was three points by Kansas City. And you might say, well, Mark, it's not like Kansas City lit up Baltimore either. Did you notice how the Chiefs systematically destroyed them? There never was a moment where you felt like Baltimore was going to win outside of maybe the opening kickoff, right? Never even a moment. Kansas City did exactly what they had to do to win. Baltimore, my friends, I mean, what is the narrative there? Outside of they can't get it done when it matters the most, they're about to have a quarterback who has as many total playoff wins, two in his career, as he does MVPs. It's not the most valuable player, man. Value is determined right now. Not in the regular season. Here's a play from uh, in that game. Lamar Jackson caught a pass of his own for 13 yards. This was about the only highlight for Baltimore yesterday. This helps Baltimore with the emotion of the game. he a one-score. Second and five. Ball batted up into the
1: air and caught by Jackson. He caught
4: his own pass. That's one of the greatest plays I've ever seen. Lamar uses the instincts... The God-given gives the awareness to go beat him to the punt <laughs> and makes one of the greatest plays
2: you'll ever see in a championship game. Well, Reed was gonna have it. So, yeah, that's about the only highlights. I mean, it was it was systematic destruction by a team that was an underdog, and Baltimore is the Dallas of the AFC. MVP Lamar, MVP My arse. Next up. Four. Clemson against Duke, many a Clemson fan, very upset with the Zebras on Saturday. In my opinion, rightfully so. I don't know what it is. If I had to guess, I don't think any of these officials were paid off. But there's something about that Cameron indoor whistle, the fans being so on top of you. I think you would see if you did an official study that Cameron gets more calls than just about anybody else. And the proof of that is that every single other school that goes to Cameron has a story about how they got completely screwed in a game, in their history. It just so happens that Clemson's, unfortunately, was yesterday. I don't consider Clemson to be on the bubble. I think Clemson is still relatively comfortably in, but that would have eased the comfort level for Clemson fans. And to lose by one is absolutely brutal. So I'd ask you guys this question. How do you define a choke? Is what Clemson did yesterday choking? Four-point lead under two minutes to go? Is what Baltimore did choking? Choking, to me, is when you are mentally affected by the pressure of the game in an obvious way. I don't think Clemson choked, per se. Okay? I think they got some really bad calls. I don't think they played their best. They played well enough to be in it. At the end, against a top-12 team. But, boy, you got to feel like you got screwed. And I'm going to ask you guys this question, okay? What is the – it doesn't matter what team you're a fan of. What is the one sports event where you remember your team got screwed over the most and you were convinced beyond a shadow of a doubt that the officials were paid off in that game? We all have a game like that. Mine was the swindle at the swamp in 2003. Florida had three different fumbles go against them all in the wrong direction. Like one was a fumble and they said it wasn't. One was not a fumble and they said it was. All of them went against Florida. Florida State wins the game by like three points. Florida dominated the game. We all have that game where we're like, yeah, man. Like if, if there ever was a game where the officials were paid off, it was that one. What is that game for you next up three at number three on the show this afternoon? Oh, Detroit. I was pulling for a man. They were America's team. They were the same feeling as a miracle uh, on the miracle on ice. There was a movement behind the Detroit Lions and brother. They were right there starting the second half an 87% chance to win. 24-7 lead. Please don't put Detroit in the Baltimore-Dallas category. Please don't do that. Okay? Folks, again, you heard me say it's when you are mentally affected, visibly so, by the pressure of a game. You've seen a guy choke on the free throw line, right? Just super tight. You heard me say that my former co-host, Booger McFarland, worked with Peyton Manning. He told me, That in the playoffs, Peyton was so tight, you couldn't fit a a pin in his backside with a hammer. I once saw a college player
1: choke so bad at the free throw line, he didn't get the ball halfway to the goal.
2: He just shot the ball straight up and straight down. I mean, it's it's crazy, isn't it? (laughs) Like, pressure does weird things to people. But Detroit played as aggressive in the second half as they did the first. They went for fourth downs, which they did all year. Detroit in the regular season was 18 for 21 on fourth downs of three yards or less in opponent's territory. That's 86%. They did what they always do, but they got that really weird tipped pass that hit the Detroit Lions players face mask. Brandon, I, you caught it. Jameer Gibbs fumbled combined with the failed fourth downs and you blink and you look up and suddenly San Francisco has won the game. My heart breaks. Dan Campbell is right, by the way, when he says that you're never promised to get back there. Okay? And he says right here he has no regrets for going on
4: fourth down. I just felt really good about us converting and uh, getting our momentum and, and not letting them play long ball. You know, they were bleeding the clock out. That's what they do. And I wanted to get the upper hand back, you know, and it's easy hindsight and I get it you know I get that but I don't regret those decisions and that's hard you know it's hard because you know they didn't we didn't come through it wasn't able to to work out but I just I don't I don't and I understand the scrutiny I'll get that's part of the gig man but you know we just just didn't work out
2: guys in life and I said this on a video like we had a live video going on during that uh, fourth and three fourth quarter where Detroit could have kicked the field goal to tie. okay it's on my Twitter page wifey was filming I'm sitting there and I'm saying kick the field goal Dan kick the field goal Dan what are you doing be aggressive not reckless this is all on video from last night aggressive not reckless Dan coached the game like he was a player and you just can't do that. I love you, Dan. You're the coach of the year. You changed the culture. You changed the reputation. Those are two of the hardest things to do. Both of these things can be true. You're amazing as a head coach. You've done wonders for that organization. They are lucky to have you. You're going to do great things there. And you should have kicked the field goal to tie the game. Dan Campbell also spoke a very honest truth. Normally, you hear something like this about a month after the game. This, I might imagine, was pretty harsh to hear, pretty hard to hear, right after the game ended in Detroit. It's
4: a lesson learned, and look, I told those guys, this may have been all with a shot. Do I think that? No. Do I believe that? No. However, I, I know how hard it is to get here. I, I'm well aware, and it'll be... It's going to be twice as hard to get back to this point next year than it was this year. That's, that's the reality. And if we don't have the same hunger and the same work, which is a whole nother thing, once we get the off season, then we got no shot of getting back here. I don't care how much better we get or what we add or what we drive. It's irrelevant. It's going to be tough. Everybody in our division is going to be loaded back up, and uh, you know, you're not hiding from anybody anymore. Everybody's going to want a piece of you, and, uh, which is fine. You know, which is fine. But so it's hard. You want to make the most of every opportunity. And we, we had an opportunity and we just couldn't close it out.
2: I don't get it. I like I um I feel like that is a very difficult loss to swallow. And your heart breaks that it happened to the city of Detroit, who's had nothing but heartbreak. Um Okay, we check on the text line to see what folks are saying about this. Uh, Someone on the text line says, Mark, 17-point lead blown is choking. Uh, Based on what? Like, did they do something wrong? Did they do something where clearly they were having the yips from a mental situation? No. Okay, they had a a ball off a face mask. They had a fumble. They always go for fourth downs. They did. I, I, you know, I said at the start of the second half, I said everyone in Detroit's worried about an epic collapse, but I promise you, Dan Campbell's not going to clam up. Nobody on Detroit clammed up. There were a couple kind of fluky plays that worked against him, but like I just, you know, sometimes guys' comebacks happen. Doesn't mean you choked. Choked is when you kind of mentally shut down. That's what Baltimore did. I mean, their score was the epitome of shutting down. 28 points in the regular season, 10 points yesterday. How could you say anything else? Next up. Two. At number two, Kansas City, man. The Kansas City Chiefs. Andy Reid is now entering the category of Bill Belichick, Chuck Noll, Bill Walsh, and Joe Gibbs. Why? Those are the only guys who have won more than two Super Bowls. Now Andy has a chance to win his third what an amazing job they look like the more ready team more mentally strong team more efficient team from beginning to end they looked elite they were in total control on the road at the number one seed as a four and a half point underdog and how about patrick mahomes some are saying he's the best player they've ever seen i think you can now say That Patrick Mahomes is the only player in NFL history who is at least entering the conversation with Thomas Edward Patrick Brady. Tom Brady was winning Super Bowls at 42, 43 years old. Patrick Mahomes is 28. He's playing for his third in two weeks. Some of his stuff, just his instinct, that unbelievable pitch to Travis Kelsey When he's falling down and Kelsey makes a a diving catch, that stuff is just special, man. And there's no coaching for that. And I'll tell you what, this is what it really appealed to me. In an era where many of us are turned off by the greed and the money first and all that seems to matter is the money, there was something refreshing to me yesterday watching Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes. Both of those guys are making a half a bill, okay? And you could tell... That that mattered not one iota yesterday. That there were some things money can't buy. Despite all the money they're making, they knew that their reputation, their legacies, were on the line with that performance. And unfortunately, Lamar Jackson's legacy is that of a choker who should never be the MVP. And Patrick Mahomes is essentially Michael Jordan. You probably should give him the MVP every single bloody year. And finally, one. you heard me say it. They had an 87% chance to lose. The 49ers did at the start of the third quarter. They found a way to win. One of the reasons that's so impressive is because of every coach actively who has won a Super Bowl, and there are nine, if you include Bill Belichick and Pete Carroll, all have done so at their team between the second and the seventh season. This is Kyle Shanahan's seventh season in San Francisco. One might say it could be his last chance, assuming that stat plays out. Yet I really valued the fact that that San Francisco team did not buckle, did not slow down, was opportunistic, waited for their moments, and you knew at the end of the game when they had a chance knowing Detroit had to pass that the Lions had no shot at that point. Best defensive line in football, Chase Young, Nick Bosa, Javon Hargrave. Incredibly impressive comeback, and incredibly painful if you're a Panthers fan, watching Christian McCaffrey continue to extend his franchise-setting record for touchdowns in San Francisco. Also watching Steve Wilkes run that defense.
1: Yeah. The guy you could have had and the player you traded away
2: with the same team now in the Super Bowl. How about Nick Bosa on the San Francisco 49ers? Calling out the head coach of the other team? This is not something you hear every day. It, it really seemed like when Dean Campbell decided to really challenge you guys and go for it on fourth down, passing
1: up very makeable field goals, that he gave you guys the opportunity to seize momentum. That definitely bit him in the butt. Uh, I feel like going for it on fourth
3: down
2: a lot kind of... We'll come back to bite you. It will, and it did, and it does, and that—that that is respectful that, that that's who they are and that they have an identity and that he's given them that identity. But, guys, when analytics takes precedence, overrules you in terms of situational time and space, it's the fourth quarter. You're down by three. You're in field goal range. It's not fourth and inches at the two-yard line. It's fourth and three at the thirty. Kickers are essentially automatic these days. Take the bleeping field goal. Still love you, Dan, but kick the damn field goal, please. Ah, oh, my wife, Diesel. We had this whole emotional thing going on. By the way, those are today's top five of five. Now it's your chance. To, your cha- now it's your chance to chime in. Which you can do on the renewal by Anderson fan phone eight. 844-844-326-3663. The text line 71307. Just start your text with the word FAN, and away you go. You can hit us on Facebook, on Twitter, and on YouTube at The Fan Upstate on everyone, Please like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, subscribe to us on YouTube, and finally email. You guys can all email the show, Mark Ryan, that is M-A-R-C, Ryan, at thefanupstate.com. All the different ways you can get in touch with us here on the most interactive sports radio show anywhere. So, guys, um, my wife is a Detroit Lions fan. Her family is from Michigan. Uh, you might remember last August I went up to uh, Michigan to go see her, her father's uh, to attend and give a eulogy at her father's funeral. And so it's been really touching to me because my wife is a firm Category 2 female sports fan. She's not hardcore. She doesn't hate it. She enjoys the social element of sports, um, you know, tailgates, parties, et cetera, get-togethers. But she's been hardcore when it comes to these Lions. Like, she has to see them. And so there was something that was really cool about, like, it was emotional because we knew that, you know, her dad... You know, passed away in April. And she kept saying to me during this run that I wish he was here. I wish he could see this. And she would get kind of tears in her eyes. And I said to her, babe, I said, he is. He is watching this. He is seeing this. Don't think that he isn't. You know, like he is where we think he is. And good things happen there. And I think you're allowed to tap into what's going on 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 Earth when you're up there. And so I think he is enjoying this and, and taking this in. Uh, and it stinks that Detroit didn't didn't seal the deal yesterday, man. But look, a lot of these teams, you don't get to the Super Bowl your first swing, right? You get to it after a while. All right, my friends, we pose the following question to you next. Which team had a fa- which team's fan base has suffered the most in the National Football League? That's next. This is the most interactive sports talk show anywhere. It's offside. Mark Ryan and Diesel, and we are the fan upstate.
1: Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise
2: with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. It's Offsides. Mark Ryan and Diesel. We are the fan upstate rolling on until 7 o'clock p.m. today. Uh, and great to have you guys with us, as is always the case. Always the case. Thanks so much for making it. Texter says to me, Mark, Clemson wide receiver Rod Gardner pushed off to catch a pass that set up Clemson to kick the game-winning field goal. No flag was thrown on the push-off. Biggest screw job ever done to the Gamecocks. Ever done. Thank you for the explanation, Texter. Texter says, USC Michigan Outback Bowl. Guys, I've only been here five years. I don't know what that means. you got to be more specific. Yeah, I I know that uh, Jadaven Clowney had the hit in that game. What does that mean? I don't know what that means. You know, Uh, Texter says, I will not be making a choking joke (laughs) to Ray Lewis. Feel free to do that yourself, but I like this thing called, I don't know, being alive. That's what a Texter says. Not going to do it. Not going to allow that to happen. Anyway, my friends, um, I want to share this with you. Um, I believe we all have suffered a bit as fan bases, right? We've all suffered. Um, And it's not ever fun to suffer as a fan base. As a matter of fact, it is brutal. You know, um, I was convinced when my Oilers blew a 35-3 to lead, I actually cried. I was a teenager. You know, I don't remember the last time you cried over sports. You know, it's kind of pathetic if I'm honest with you. But I cried. And I, I cried uh, because I was convinced that no team I ever had, I want to say I was 13 years of age, no team I ever had was going to win. Full, firmly and fully convinced of that. When I was 13 years old, I cried. My Houston Oilers would ultimately go on to never win a Super Bowl before they moved to Tennessee, and Tennessee still taunts Houston Oilers fans by rolling out the Oilers jersey every now and then. There is a behind-the-scenes story there that you guys may not know. Uh, Houston, the city, wanted the Oilers back, but the owners left in such a bad relationship with the city that they said, you'll never have the Oilers name again. And they have upheld that, you know, like and even though Houston has tried and even though the name the Texans hasn't resonated with the city the way the Oilers did, oil city, oil money still is right. Um, even though that's the case, the, the, the city has never taken to the Texans like they did the Oilers. And so, you know, that to me was incredibly painful, incredibly painful uh, to witness and to watch. But I want to ask you guys. Um I want to ask you guys which NFL fan base has suffered the most. I would love to hear your thoughts on this. And the renewal by Anderson fan phone 844-326-3663 is the number. Now, I want to share I want to share this with you and we got an audio clip from uh, from uh, somebody you know, somebody from your childhood. We're about to play it for you, and I would love for you to tell me who this is. Okay, first person who uh, who can nail this this audio clip gets a uh, tip of the cap. But to me, for whatever reason, this has been the prescription for so many NFL fan bases. What's your prediction for the fight, then? Prediction? Yes, prediction. Pain. Prediction pain. Who was that? Who was that? And more so than that, which fan base in the National Football League has suffered the most? 71307 on the text line. 844-326-3663 is the number to get to us. Uh, Diesel, it's an interesting conundrum in this sense. Would you rather make it to the Super Bowl a bunch of times and never have won it or never have made it to the Super Bowl at all, which would you have preferred? It's the same question as, is it better to love and have lost than never to have loved at all? Some of you would say, oh, no, I'd, I'd rather never have loved than to have, have had the heartbreak of love. I'd rather not have anything to do with that at all. Right? So anyway, my friends, um, this is where we're at. And uh, it's it's fascinating to me. To consider this because so many franchises have suffered so mightily. The Buffalo Bills and Minnesota Vikings tied for the most Super Bowl appearances without a win. Both have made it four times. Okay? Now, I'm about to share with you the team's 12 who have never made it to the Super Bowl. Who have never won the Super Bowl. I'm sorry. There are 12. 12 teams out of 32 have never won the Super Bowl. I mean, you thought that there was no parity in, like, the English Premier League when, like, Manchester United or Chelsea wins it every single year. How about the NFL where only 12, uh, only 20 out of 32 teams have won? Okay? If you do the math as I am here, okay, if you do the math as I am, carry the two, drop the one, et cetera, what you find um, is – that there is a significant percentage of NFL teams that have not had their day in the sun. It is incredible. 38% of the league has never won the Super Bowl. The Atlanta Falcons, Arizona Cardinals, Buffalo Bills, Carolina Panthers, Cincinnati Bengals, Cleveland Browns, Detroit Lions, Houston Texans, Jacksonville Jaguars, Los Angeles Chargers, Minnesota Vikings, and Tennessee Titans have all never won the Super Bowl. Making matters worse for these teams have never been. Houston, Jacksonville, Detroit, and Cleveland. Now, in Houston and Jacksonville's case, at least they were expansion teams. You should win a Super Bowl every 32 years. One team wins it every year. There's 32 teams in the league. You should win the Super Bowl every 32 years. But the Texans have only been around 22 years. The Jaguars have been around for 28 years. They're getting close to, hey, you need to finally win this thing now, man. 32 years, come on. But think of the plight of Cleveland and Detroit fans. They were founding members of the NFL. They've been here since the start. They don't even have a Super Bowl berth, brother. They've never even made it. Never played in the game. And then you have the Lions that were just... That close. Oh, it just breaks your heart. I feel like you're torturing our our caller, Mark. What who is it? It's Melinda oh. from Detroit. Melinda. Melinda. Melinda, hey, I am Mark. so we, sorry. We
0: met, we met at Ingalls once.
2: Oh, how are you, Melinda? Good to hear your voice. What's going on?
0: Good. Well, I'm very sad about my Detroit Lions. That was awesome heartbreaker last night and i'd say we have suffered quite a bit i lived in michigan almost my whole life and i remember missing football games because they didn't sell out and they stunk on thanksgiving day and um but i believe detroit has suffered quite a bit they've put up with some of the stuff that the fords put them through with matt millen we were the first team to go. Well, it wasn't an undefeated season. We didn't win a stinking game. So Dan Campbell's been a breath of fresh air, I know, to the Detroit area.
2: Melinda, you know, I I was talking about this. That like not only to have Detroit Lions fans suffered so mightily and never made the Super Bowl, but then to like make you guys play on Thanksgiving every year. Not only are we going to ruin your fall. We're going to ruin your Thanksgiving Day, too. That just feels like cruel and and unusual punishment. By the way, Melinda, are you still at Ingalls?
0: I'm sorry. Say it again.
2: Did you come out to visit us at Ingalls, or do you work at Ingalls?
0: Oh, no. I came out to visit you at Ingalls. Oh, that's
2: awesome. I I appreciate that so much. Thank you so much for doing that.
0: Will you tell your wife I'm right there with her? I understand And I thought the same thing. I lost my dad about 10 years ago, and I thought my dad would have loved
2: this. So Uh, I'll tell you what. She's right there with you. And if she's listening, she's getting tears in her eyes hearing your call. Melinda, thank you so very much. Thank you for calling us up, and thank you for sharing your story with me. So one vote for the Detroit Lions (laughs) as the team that is – as the fan base that has suffered the most. Way too much suffering there, man. Way too much pain. By the way, the listeners, the offsiders were right on it. Clubber Lang and my bills says T Experience, Mister T and Rocky Three and the Detroit Lions have suffered the most. Clemson Oculus says Mark, that's Mister T and Rocky Three playing the role of Clubber of Clubber Lang. Uh, if in case you're wondering, if you are a fan base of one of these teams as my voice cracks like a prepubescent teenager.
1: Like the referee that Jim Rome went in hard oh, on. Oh, I heard that I, I didn't today. get to watch any of the games yesterday. I was traveling. But he was playing this audio clip of this ref, and his voice was cracking every, every time he cracked the mic. His voice
2: would crack, too. I don't know what's going on, man. But anyway, uh, you don't want Mr. T to say this about you. What's your prediction for the fight, then? Prediction?
0: Yes, prediction. Pain.
2: <laughs> that is one. The, that's one of the best lines that has ever existed in every in any movie. I'm that weird guy that that loves
1: Rocky Five just as much as one, two, three, and four. Oh, do you? Yeah, I love Rocky Five with Tommy
2: Tommy the Machine Gun. Yeah, that's a great movie. Hey guys, Diesel and I will answer that question alongside you. We have a vote for Buffalo. Three votes for Detroit. Is Detroit the fan base that has suffered the most? We'll answer it next here on Offsides. We are the fan upstate. state. It's Offsides, Mark Ryan and Diesel. We are the fan-up states. So I'm here to tell you a little something-something um, about suffering, okay, and about pain and about the most painful fan bases. And Melinda called in and said, Mark, I can relate to the story you told your wife and her dad. He passed away in April and it was so painful. And my wife, this whole playoff season was like, I wish my dad would have been able to see it. I said to her yesterday, I said, you know, now that they didn't do it, like, would it have been great if they won or would it have made made you more sad if they won and, Now they didn't win, so does the sadness end? And she goes, no. Like, it would have been a really nice keepsake, a really nice memento um, if they had won. And, you know, it's just kind of more pain that they didn't. I understand and I know it's a painful day in the city of Detroit today. Okay, but the question is, have Detroit Lions fans suffered the greatest amount of pain? Which NFL fan base has suffered the most I will answer that, and it is the Detroit Lions. Unequivocally, it is the Detroit Lions. Okay, But what is beautiful about the Detroit Lions is that the city's rebirth has mirrored the teams. There's a beautiful synergy and symbiotic relationship there. The Detroit Lions have zero Super Bowl appearances. They have one conference championship appearance that took place 33 years ago. They made the playoffs twice in the last 10 years, most recently eight years ago. They have no playoff wins in the well, no playoff wins in the last 10 years before this year. No division titles in the last 10 years before this year. Okay. Uh, I'm looking at an article from the LA Times that says they're number eight in the, in the most suffering on the most suffered list. Eight? There's seven fan bases who have suffered more than the Detroit Lions. You have got to be kidding me. There's not one. There's not a single one. And I I don't think it's particularly close. You know, these people have had their Thanksgiving ruined every year. They've had long, cold, hard winters. They've had horrible management. You know, just because things look to be on the upswing doesn't mean they haven't suffered the most. You've got to be kidding me with this. Of course, they have suffered the most. Of course they have. Let's get to J.D. in Simpsonville, who is up next. J.D., what's good, man?
3: Hey, Mark. Thank you for taking my call. Um, first of all, i got to tell you, today is the day that you broke me. I normally don't ever call and disagree with you, but today I have to. Okay. You, it, you've actually talked me into it, honestly, just talking about the way the Detroit Lions had their drop passes, and the botch calls, and, I mean, when things start going bad, you start seeing passes get bounced off of players' helmets and being caught for long games. And so, I mean, it was definitely a choke job. No way. I, no and, way. and I hate to say that. No, we it wasn't. We were all rooting for it. No, no,
2: no, yeah, but, but, but you choke. You can see a choke happening. You can see players playing tight. Detroit wasn't doing that. They weren't doing that, J.D. Like, what that happened was a sign of somebody having kind of a breakdown or somebody unable to perform in something they normally do. San Francisco just started playing super well. Detroit had a fumble. Detroit had a, play, a, a pass go off a face mask. Detroit went for fourth downs that they always go for and they always get, and they didn't get them. I didn't see any pass that was subtly inaccurate that's normally accurate. I didn't see anyone blow an assignment because they're nervous. Did you watch Baltimore? That's what a choke looks like, J.D. A team that averages 28 points produces 10. The player you're telling me is the most valuable player sucks. That's a choke hey, job. Mark,
3: Mark trip's choke switch already stopped working again, man. I've already replaced it with the Ravens' choke job. There you go. I've already replaced it with the sticker. It's already firing back up again. But, yeah, that, that absolutely – it was. It was a choke job by the Ravens. But you almost describe it there, though. There was the drop pass by the receiver, the fumble. I mean, those kind of things start playing towards the choke. So I just had to disagree with you a little bit. But, hey, one more travesty for you. The Gamecocks not being in the top 25. Man, we we just led Arkansas wire to wire, upset number six Kentucky, and then we follow up the upset, which to me was more impressive because then you could call the upset a blip at that point but then we follow it up with another dominating win, and they still won't put us in the top 25. Man, get out of here, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Y'all have a good one.
2: Yeah, you do. And and look, that's exactly right. I mean, the, the Gamecocks, I don't get what they have to do. How do you explain that the Kentucky Wildcats have more losses, a worse record, and just lost to the Gamecocks by, what, 18, 20 points? And they're still in the top 10, and South Carolina's unranked. Did the game that they played against South Carolina matter at all? Like, how does this even happen? And we complain about the preseason polls in football, right? Because in the preseason, if you're a top-ten team versus someone else who's unranked, you always stay one loss ahead of that team. So if you're, like, number eight, you start the year, you play an unranked team, that unranked team beats you. In the next poll, they'll be number 12, you'll be number 13. And it's like that the whole year. These teams in college basketball, Diesel, you know, it's the helmet scouting is insane. South Carolina is flat better than Kentucky. We saw that. Yeah, I wanted to look and see,
1: has South Carolina played a really weak schedule this year? And the answer is no. South Carolina currently sits at the uh, 83rd ranked schedule in college basketball. You're in a top third schedule for the season. And it could be that your opponents in the in the uh, in the preseason, excuse me, not the preseason, but in out of conference were weak, or the draw that you've gotten so far in conference has been weak so far. Is still ways to go for all these teams, but no, they're they're in a top one hundred schedule. I don't understand it. I genuinely don't. I mean, looking at at who's around them, you know, I'm looking at Cal, New Mexico. Utah State, Boston College, SMU, Nevada, Minnesota, Indiana State, Oklahoma State, all right there around them.
2: It's not like they've played a garbage-tier schedule. And they haven't. And yet the uh, the Gamecocks are just continuously disrespected because of helmet scouting, because the voters are used to South Carolina sucking. And that frankly sucks. I mean, it's awful. You know, and Lamont Paris is doing an in- insane job. But anyway, guys, uh, on this list, L.A. Times, here are their top ten, okay? Number ten, the Chargers, no Super Bowls won. Number nine, the Bears, one Super Bowl won. Number eight, the Lions, seven, the Atlanta Falcons, 28-3, sorry. Six, Miami Dolphins. Five, the Houston Texans. Four, Arizona Cardinals. And the top three, Washington Commanders. Cleveland Browns, and they say number one is the New York Jets. Browns and Lions, you have a debate. Washington has three Super Bowl championships, 1982, 1987, 1991. you got to be kidding me. They've won two division titles the last 10 years. Dan Snyder made it miserable. I'll hear you. You know, like, I, 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 I get it, right? But at the same time, compared to Cleveland, compared to New York, uh, compared to to Detroit. Guys, if you have been in the NFL since its inception and you have never made the Super Bowl, that is insane to me. I'm looking at a meme right now, Mark, that says, Taylor Swift made it
1: to the Super Bowl before Dak Prescott did.
2: (laughs) Yowza. Ouch. Zing. Ouch. All right, my friends. We've got the six o'clock hour coming your way next. Here on Offsides, we are the fan upstate.
0: Listen to every MLB game live.
3: In the
2: deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is high.
3: Stream minor league affiliates.
2: The Midwest League home run leader.